Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how the hell are you? Tyler Metcalf, I'm doing just outstanding. You know, the Boston Celtics, we're just patiently waiting for the next round of the playoffs. Life's good. Um, Woe just dropped the bomb about maybe Devin Booker coming back for the Sun Series. So, life is good, man. Um, how about yourself? How are we doing? Are you, are you preparing for war in... Game six. It's game six, correct? Yes, it, it is game six. I am, as all Minnesota sports fans do, preparing for disaster. Um, you know, it, it, expecting the worst, hoping for the best. Um, I don't. The, the, this series is already a success from a Timberwolves standpoint. Um, they they should they should have won the series last night. They threw away two games, and they they are giving the team who had the second best record in the NBA absolute hell. Um, so yeah, I it, it I, I could go into an hour and a half diatribe on it, but it sucks these, you know, these two games that they've just kind of thrown away at the end, but this has been an awesome series. It's easily the most fun of the first round. I think I'm a little biased there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. We're, we're, we're in good spirits over here. Do you I have to just one last final question before we get in get in back into the madness. So that play that Edwards hit that shot, I mean yeah. Jordan McLaughlin, that pass was unbelievable. That ATO is just absolutely just basketball porn. Yeah. How if I, I saw you tweeted about it, that's why I wanted to bring it up. But that last play from Menis, or, uh, Memphis where Edwards was like going for the gamble. I think you have a good spot. Cause you said like, he almost looks like he got bumped on that screen by Bain a little bit where it was just yeah. kind of like, I think, I think it was enough of a brush that he just got like off his track of, you know, running after Morant. But I'm like you, it, it sucks. Cause I think Minnesota really had a shot in this. I'm not saying that they're completely out, but it's also an important series for a young team. Like you, you're going to learn a lot from it, but Hey, They'll be going crazy for game six. I, I hope they can pull it out and force game seven. That would be insane. Yeah, and I I, I think Bain bumped him, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was as much as Edwards maybe thought it was. Right, I, it, right. It, it is almost like he felt the bump and then thought his only course of action was to try to go for the steal, which regardless, he fucked up. Like, right. That's on him. He, like, you, you have to get – you have to do everything in your power to get back – rim side of jaw there and make him make a jumper, which right. he really hadn't all night. Um, but then again, you know, it was late and despite being clearly exhausted, he was making all his free throws and everything else. And jaw was just ridiculous in the fourth. Um, yeah, it sucked, but God, that ATO was sexy. Oh yes, my God. Yes. Chris Finch drew up a hell of a play. Yes. But I, I, I've vented enough about the Timberwolves. Um, and that surely will more in the future. But what we are doing today is putting together our own personal top five rim protectors um, in this draft. So Rucker, I want to start it out with you as, as all good lists do, we're going to go from five to one. So who, who is your fifth best rim protector in this class? 
Yeah, so for everyone listening, if you've been, you know, on noceilingsmba.com, shameless plug number one. Oh, man, not even five minutes in and I already had a plug. I'm getting dangerous with this stuff. But <laughs> um, Metcalf, uh, you know, I joke and call him on social media. He's the mad scientist because he he really nitpicks and, like, specifically breaks down, like, prospect skill areas, which it's, it's been awesome. It's been so cool to read your stuff throughout the year because you learn a lot. Um, and, and the way you're seeing the game is always just awesome. So Metcalf presented this idea with me, and I was like, oh, boy, I, I really have to go crazy mad scientist mode like Metcalf. But um, I wanted to kind of not, like, going into shot blocking, I think everyone, the first thought is, oh, it's got to be a center. And, and I kind of wanted to get away from that a little bit. Um, so I, I, there's a guy that people might be expecting, but I'm going to go a little off track. Um, I'm, I'm going to put Keegan Murray at number five. Now, I know that's a little bit of a shocker for some people, but I really think um, I, I debated a couple guys here that I'm not going to spill them now. We'll probably mention a couple notable candidates, notable mentions later. But I, I just really think, like Keegan's not this vicious shot blocking threat, but he really puts himself in position to alter shots and, and um, whether it's like weak side help or, or sliding over. I just keep thinking like Keegan's just getting really underrated in, in this process. I've seen some people just being like, oh, I'm not really excited about Keegan Murray. I'm like, what's going on guys? Like this dude can play like, it, but I, it's what you said, Metcalf in the beginning of the year. And, and I think it's still my favorite quote throughout this whole process. Like, Keegan on offense is death by a thousand cuts. And I think defensively, he's just a smart guy that understands where to put himself. And I know we're talking about shot blocking, but I think he does a great job of altering shots at the rim, knowing where to be, making life difficult. Those are all important areas. So I'm going on a little bit of a limb. I'm going to put him fifth. And like I said, I'm getting a little outside the box here. Okay, so... Before the YouTube comments completely destroy you. Oh, um, I don't despite, care. Bring d- them on, d- d- boys. D- despite their their usual kindness. Um, wait. W- so w- when we talk about rim protection, it's right, more than right. just shot blocking. It's right. It's shot deterrence. It's yes. verticality. It's well timed rotations. It's not just the raw shot blocking numbers because Keegan Murray doesn't have great raw shot blocking numbers. They're they're, they're solid for a wing or power forward or however you want to classify him, but as a traditional rim protector, no. So when you're talking about how much you love Murray's or are encouraged by Murray's rim protection, is that from just his off ball rotations and how he's just constantly executing and kind of deterring and getting in the way at the rim? Yeah, I think, you're spot on right there. Like everyone's hearing this and they're like, Keegan Murray's not a rim protector, but it's like, yes, because he alters people's shots. I mean, he had, he was averaging North of two blocks a game for the majority of the season. I think he finished up with 1.9. So bummer. I guess he didn't get to that 2.0 mark, but still like the guy is a chess player on both sides of the ball. And defensively he's really getting slept on because I think he does a great job of reading what the offense is trying to do. And he's great at rotating. He's great at getting straight up and and altering shots, making life difficult just because he's not blocking, you know, every single attempt that goes up, he's making life difficult. So if you're driving the lane, Keegan Murray's going to be there with his hands straight up. You're trying to post him up. He's going straight up being smart. Like the awareness, the IQ on the defensive side of the ball is what really keeps impressing me. And, And I've been a Keegan Murray supporter the whole year. I've, watched more film on him than anyone because I'm like, I'm going to be considered crazy in the draft community, but it's like, I've watched this guy and he keeps making so many impressive plays on both sides of the ball. And that's why I was like, defensively, there's a couple guys I could have put at number five, but I think Keegan's just one of those slept on guys that, Hey, maybe I'm giving him a little bit more attention, but um, I, I would feel comfortable getting Keegan Murray in that top five list. Yeah. But that, that, ability to make those rotations and get in the way it's so important because with the different like pick and roll coverages the teams 
implement and throw out having that low man rotation and that weak side rotation and that ability to wall up is crucial and when you can't do that effectively you end up fouling or if your rotations are a step late you're fouling and then we end up with these playoff games where we have 40 50 60 free throws in a game and guys are fouling out left and right so i keegan murray's raw shot blocking numbers for a six seven power forward i he was fourth in the Big Ten in total blocks and fourth in the Big Ten in blocks per game. It's not bad. Like, right, right. But that ability to be in the right place at the right time, every time, is really important for, and it's something that a lot of teams don't have. So I, I, I'm fascinated that you put Murray at five. I didn't even have him in my honorable mentions. Shame on me. I know. Yeah, I that's because you're an idiot and you don't, well, and everyone needs to drink some coffee and wake up. No, I'm kidding. Metcalf, I love well, you. Well, I, I would prefer if we pivoted back to a few minutes ago when you were constantly praising me. That, that, that <laughs> felt a little better, but I, I earned that. Um, all right. So my, my number five, a little similar to yours. Uh, another, again, shameless plug. I wrote about him last Friday. EJ Liddell. Um, see, I was going to go there so that this is exact. See, I'm thinking ahead because I do. I was going to say someone and you're going to say EJ. So now we get to talk about both. There you go, folks. Talk to me about um, EJ. Yeah. So I, I wrote about EJ's shot blocking last Friday over at no ceilings, NBA.com. Shameless plug number two of the episode. Yeah. We're two to 10 minutes. Start. We're rolling. <laughs> so Liddell had 2.6 blocks per game, uh, eight, eight and a half block rate leading the big 10 in total blocks and blocks per game as a six, eight power forward is absurd. And it's not just the weak side rotations either. He is absurdly strong for his size and his position. When you see guys move or try emphasis on try to move him in the post, they can't. Um, He walls up really well. He's got, incredible timing he doesn't bite on fakes he's really composed he's under control all the time um my my favorite clip that i used in that piece last week was where he was defending paulo and paulo did his typical jab series and then drove baseline and spun back to the middle of the lane and did a hesitation which gets 99 percent of players off their feet and Liddell stood firm, and Paolo immediately shot after that, and EJ met him at the apex of his shots. The fact that he was able to move his feet, absorb you know, the back down, absorb the contact, not bite on the fake, and then still meet guys at the apex of their jumper, just the, the timing, the craft, the instincts, all of it, it, it's just so impressive, and I think a legitimate tool that he'll carry over to the NBA. Yeah, I, I absolutely love watching EJ Liddell um, on both sides of the ball. But um, I, I know I brought up Keegan, but EJ was right there. Um, I just kind of wanted to shine some light on Keegan. So both of them are great. But I think what's so impressive about EJ is if you haven't watched him, you're, you're going to look at his measurements and be like, oh, he's this undersized power forward that's probably too big and can't move. And it's like, no, it's the absolute opposite. Um, I feel like me and you have done an episode where we talked about EJ. But he is awesome as a shot blocker. And, and I really do think that's going to translate because it's it's not just like the explosiveness. It's the anticipation and vision and reaction time. Because um, I know exactly the, the clip you're talking about that you use in your piece. One of my favorite ones, I think it was against Wisconsin. Um, he was at the elbow and someone drove baseline and you just see EJ just load up out of nowhere and just like pin it against the backboard. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it was just one of the most impressive blocks I've seen um, from my film dives, like throughout the entire year, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like he just kept rewinding it left and right. So I think EJ is going to have that pop, that vertical ability to, meet guys at the rim because it's, it's reaction. It's putting yourself in the right position. It's being able to dissect the entire play. And and you can see he's not just this offensive potential floor spacer. He has some real special like upside as a defender. So I'm like you, uh, it's been awesome to watch him all year. I think he might even be, you know, we have him probably at the top five. He might be one of those guys that deserves a little bit more love. So I think putting him at fourth is, is a great spot. 
And that, that weak side or that help block that you mentioned, he has so many of those. Yeah. But I, I think what separates him from a lot of, you know, help side shot blockers is his patience until he commits to blocking that shot where he's not just chasing blocks and trying, you know, jumping over his own guy. He's waiting to, he's staying attached to his guy, watching the ball handler. And then once he sees them fully commit to the layup or the drive or whatever, that's when he detaches and, you know, goes in pursuit. And just that, that patience, that awareness, that recognition, it's, you know, so, so many young players love chasing blocks because it's a lot of fun to block guys. So I get it, especially when you're these freak athletes, but that, that composure is just really suggests to me that this is a skill and a guy who's going to be able to turn that into a legitimate NBA skill from pretty much day one. Yeah. You know what it is too, is um, it's like, it's, it's giving a shit, but it's also yeah. not just trying to chase every block in the world and fouling guys, you know, shout out Jaron Jackson jr. But it, it is like shot blocking of a really good shot blocker has the timing and anticipation to wait to go for it. And, and guys also showcase the ability to like not go for every fake. Like you'll see a number of times guys post up EJ Liddell and he just stands there and has hands up and he's like, I know you're not going yet. And then the moment he goes, he meets him at the top, but he also just has the the recognition to, close like fly over the place from weak side but it's the timing and anticipation of he knows like okay i'm all in because he's going up i know it so i think that's really important that's probably what stood out to me the most like he's not just flying around recklessly it is timing and anticipation and he's meeting people at the top of their shots so I'm, i'm right there with you all right moving on who do you have at number four see i'm getting to territory now where it's like I'm debating between a couple of guys. Um, uh, just shot blocking. Um, I'm gonna go Jalen Duran. I, I, I just okay. I just shifted up my list a little bit. I think Duran has the potential to be one of the top shot blockers in this class. Um, I think from what we've seen this year, you can definitely see like the athleticism. You know. We'll see what he measures in at the combine or whatever, but listed at 6'10", 250, he's a freak of nature. He's all muscle, um, jumps out of the gym, gets too many really annoying Dwight Howard comparisons. Um, but I, I, I like Durant. I, I was not a buyer at the beginning of the year, and, and I've watched his second half of his film, and I've loved what I've seen. He just has that nastiness, like when he knows – when it's clicking defensively, he can yeah. do anything. Like he knows it, um, and his explosiveness and length and ability to just get off the ground in a hurry. Um, like his second jumps, even impressive. So yeah, it's there, and he's the one everyone's going to be watching the highlights and being like, "Oh, he's one of the best shot blockers" because it's the highlight shot blocking. But he also, you know, he has some flashes of recognition of being smart and staying vertical and the anticipation and timing that we're talking about, like. Duran might be fourth on my list, but you could see him climbing higher, like in a hurry. Like if someone was like, he's the best or he's the second best shot blocker, I wouldn't be like, okay, that's fine. That's what you think. But um, I'm just going off of what we've seen this year. And Duran could be a very gifted shot blocker moving forward. Yeah. So before we started recording, I, I mentioned that I already feel dumb about leaving a guy off. And that is Jalen Duran. Oh, I, wow. I, I this was him? Him. Yeah. So I, I didn't have him in my top five. Um, it feels dumb because, like you said, I, I do think he's one of the best, most emphatic, just pure shot blockers in the country, in this draft. Um, I get a little concerned. I know it got better as the season went on, and four or five years from now, he could easily be number one on this list. But I, I was a little underwhelmed by the inconsistencies in chasing blocks and just late, you know, being a step or two late on rotations, but just the, the explosiveness, the physicality, the strength, all of that. I, I get it. I, I know he should be in my top five. Um, I said it before we started recording. I feel dumb for not having him there, but the, the, some of the mental lapses that we saw throughout the season, 
just bumped him to number six for me. So he 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 was just on the outside looking in for me. Um, but again, the, the the improvements he showed as the year progressed were really important and really encouraging. And he, I do think he will be a special player and a special rim protector. Um, but from what we saw for the entire season, just fell short for me. But I'm going to back you up because I think me and you went into this year, you know, me and Metcalf have talked about this before. Like me and you always are very cautious with bigs, especially like Duren's prototype where it's the athletic freak. um, Doesn't really have the outside shot yet, but he's a force around the basket. And me and you are always hesitant, but as the year went on and especially now when I'm doing my insane deep dive of everyone, which is just aging me horribly. Um, But, you know, yearly tradition. I think there's more intrigue with this center and shot blocking class like that we're talking about. Like there's more rim protectors than we're probably realized in the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year. There's some serious intrigue with a lot of guys. Um, I know we're going to mention a couple honorable mentions later. Like there's, there's definitely some guys, there's even some, some serious sleepers that have been rim protecting like assets this year. So I'm going to give you the credit, you know, benefit of the doubt because, um, you know, Duran, I know exactly what you're talking about because it, beginning of the year, it was like, he would be a little bit of a ghost and then have this humongous block. And you're like, yep. Oh, there it is. And then you're <laughs> back on the seat. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I have to wait that, again. That, and that's then, five minutes. And... Yeah. But Oh, there it is. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing, but um, the second half of the year, he was a completely different player because the engine was just running on another yeah. gear the whole time. And it was awesome. I loved it. That's why I was like, okay, I'm buying back into Jalen Duran now. Um, but I get what you're saying. And, and it's, you know, everyone on YouTube is going to destroy you for it. But hey, guys, you know, you I had Keegan come bring the heat. You had Jalen Duran give Tyler the heat, you know. Well, well, ho- hopefully they, they they wore out their Twitter fingers after after your absurd Keegan take. Um, but everyone, I, what, I recognize what that. Take? What Keegan that, take? That, that, that he's a top five rim protector. He is. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's more than just the blocks that go into I'm the eighth teasing. row. I'm teasing. Um, no, so I I, I get that Jalen Duran should be in this top five probably. Um, the, the shot blocking is absurd. I just wanted to see a little more consistency and, um, you know, composure kind of like where we get from Liddell, where he's not biting on these fakes. It's, you know, you're not, you can't just get him in the air or he, you know, he's not missing rotations. Duran. Yes. Also, I know that Duran should be in high school this year. I get that. He's young. He's improving. This isn't an indictment on him as a player. He's going to be fine just as the season as a whole had him at six, but my number four, I'm going with your guy, Christian Coloco, 2.8 blocks per game, 10.3 block rate. I thought he was one of the best defensive centers in the country this year. And the way he played drop coverage and protected the rim with incredible consistency, his length, his timing, the athleticism, the, 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 the second jump, I thought it was all really impressive and just really helped i think his consistent rim protection really helped make him you know one of the breakout stars that he became i got a confession why do you hate arizona basketball no i got a confession i fucked up i fucked up guys everyone listening i'm sorry coloco would have been in my top five Mm. completely spaced Mm. so see that's what happens when you try to cut up justin lewis bryce mcgowan's film in one day for YouTube is you fuck up and you make mistakes. Coloco, but I'm going to own this. This one's on me. You know, I'm going to give the Tebow speech one day, you know, I'll never try harder than I'm about to like, this is a wake up call, but um, I'm right there with you. I loved Coloco. I absolutely love him. I think the strides he took each year to this year, like he was a gifted defensive presence. And I do still believe there's a shot he could end up going in the first round because someone's going to believe it. Like there is a very good basketball player that still has a number of levels waiting to be unlocked. Now I know everyone's going to look at him and be like, Oh, he's a junior, but I think Coloco's still figuring out how good he can be. And if you go watch him his freshman year to now, 
oh my gosh, like the steps forward he took is remarkable. And, and you you saw it in the tournament. He was just a force defensively. He's super lengthy. Looks like he's going to have a really good frame to keep putting weight, like good muscle on. Um, but his awareness and the timing and anticipation as a shot blocker has really stood out to me. I think he just does a great job of using his hands, staying active. And, and that is another part of like being a disruptive force around the basket. His hands are always up. Like he's always keeping them up, just straight up. He doesn't try to go block everything in the world. And you've seen that patience, that discipline as a shot blocker has developed over the years. So that was a good one, Metcalf. I, I, I wish I had him in my top five now because now I feel like an idiot. Um, As you should. Yeah, but I still, you know, I will do everything in my power to push the Keegan Keegan Murray needle forward. I don't care. I'm I'm in a dangerous world. How much is he paying you? It's not enough. Oh gosh, the agent. We have a great deal. (laughs) We have a great cut. How do you think I'm fun and no ceiling? (laughs) Okay, so with, with Coloco, I. I know with these kind of springy rim running, rim protecting centers, the, the the comp that everyone always goes to is Capella. I I know you hate comps. I hate comps too. But as as an Arizona local, who who in the NBA does Coloco remind you the most of? It, it is it Capella or is that just kind of the the easy lazy comp to go to? I, yeah, uh, it's such an easy one to go to. The, the thing with Coloco that makes him so unique and hard to compare to like an an NBA um, center right now is he's he's big, but he's he's thin framed still, but he has yeah. good muscle and he's like a he runs like a wing, like he's really athletic, like he can move in a hurry. And I'm not saying like Capella and those guys are in the same boat, but. So, so would it be most. like a, a a more more like a Nick Claxton? Yeah, that's the name that was popping in my head, like kind of that Claxton vibe. The thing, what I love about Coloco is um, he understands his length, so he waits for shots to get to its highest point, and then he attacks it. Like he he baits you to he's like, yeah, the lane's wide open. Here's your table. Go right ahead, and and at the last second, he jumps and uses his length to just block it off the backboard or, or get, you know, all of a sudden tips out to a teammate and they're running in transition. So Claxton's probably a good one. Uh, I'm not saying he's this guy, but I guess maybe like a little bit of Evan Mobley, just in terms of like the lengthy athletic, he can move on the perimeter. Now I am not saying he's Evan Mobley. Okay, guys, like calm down, stop going to the comments and trying to type. <laughs> I'm just saying like that thin framed, but also has that, that that underrated strength to kind of bang with like bigger opponents. Coloco is going to be really good. Um, especially if he goes to like a, a team that just lets him kind of play as a rotation big early on where he keeps developing. I, I think the world of him, I, I really do think there's going to be a, a great value there. And maybe it's not, you know, right away, but it might be a couple of years where all of a sudden it's like, shit, Coloco looks like he's a, he's a monster. He's playing big minutes in a playoff series or something. All right. Who's number three on your list? Um, I gotta go Walker Kessler. And, and this is a, this is a guy that I'm, I'm going to have a bone to pick when it comes to, I, I still need to get a better feel for him, but Metcalf, you, I mean, we can't we can't do this without bringing up Walker Kessler in the top five. What he did in college this year, and people might be saying like, "Why is he not first? And I'm like, "Well, just let us get to that." Um, but Walker Kessler's got to be a top three guy. I don't know if you're going to have him on your list or if you're. I just... I, I, I had him at two. Okay, all right. So see, I was close. Um, but Kessler just had a historic year as a shot blocker. I do think you know. I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about him as a versatile defender if he has to get switched on to guards, but that is for another day. But Kessler at the rim, the, the anticipation, the timing, I mean, he's just a force. He He's just a, a machine. He's a shot-blocking animal. I mean, what he averaged, like, I think it's like 4.6 or 4.8 blocks this year or something? Uh, 4.6 blocks and a 19.1 block rate, which is the highest in Bartorovic's database which goes back to 2008. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's hard to put him at third with those numbers, but I just did because I'm feeling crazy <laughs> today. Um, now, I, doing it in college and doing it in the pros, two different things, but I do think, you know, Kessler is going to intrigue some team of being like, we need a force in the interior. He can do that. He can be a, a wrecking ball. But if he can switch and guard smaller guys, Walker Kessler is going to carve himself out a nice career in the NBA because he's just got great timing. He has the emphatic blocks. I mean, he had a game this, he had a couple games this year with like nine, 10, 11 blocks. I mean, the guys, he's just a load inside. So that's where I'm at with him. Yeah. So I, I, I had him at two because of just how ridiculous the raw shot blocking numbers are. And when, when you're putting up historic numbers like that, it, like you said, you, you can't not have him towards the top. Um, yeah. The, the way he plays drop coverage, I think is probably the best in the country. And I think that's a real legitimate way that he'll be able to defend the pick and roll um, in the NBA. What I'm a little more concerned about with him is, and this isn't directly paired to his rim protection, but it, it factors in and it's, how mobile is he? And I think he's really heavy footed. I don't think he moves exceptionally well. It's good enough in the drop coverage, but when he's getting pulled out to the perimeter and needing to collapse and make rotations or um, recover on guys, that's where I think he struggles and against, you know, a lot quicker and a lot more or against quicker opponents and more diverse and intricate offenses I think he could struggle some. I think he will still be a good shot blocker. I think he'll be a really good drop coverage center um, at in the pick and roll. And I, you know the the shot blocking, the tape, all of that backs that up. It's the other areas where I just get a little hesitant on. Okay, how good is he coming from the weak side? How good is he, you know, flipping his hips and recovering to you know to to cut off this back cut, but the 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 shot blocking the just the pure shot blocking that he showed this year it was i mean, it was historic the feet are the only thing preventing me from buying in on walker kessler and it's a really important thing it's a really important detail that i can't buy and that's why you just said you're 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 speaking my language metcalf because me and you talk about like hands and feet they're the first two things you got to look at when you're evaluating a big and his feet seem like they're got center blocks and I'm that's the only thing stopping me because I'm the mm-hmm. same, but I'm like, if he's switching on to a point guard in the NBA, is he going to be able to move his hips and, and contain with him? Now, some guys blow by him at college and he's got the size and length and anticipation to make up for that. But doing that at the next level is going to be a different story when there's additional spacing and more room to drive and, um, I don't know. So that's just the only thing. And I, he's, I got a whiteboard here with like 15 guys and he's in the middle of it of those are my next guys to watch. So I, I'm excited to watch him. But from what I saw this year with the, the shallow dive of film that I've done, um, I've been impressed with his shot blocking for sure. So that's why I think he's got to be on this list, but. All right. Well, I'm, I'm assuming we have the same top three. So I just gave my two. Let, let's just go down your list. Um, who do you have at, at number two? Um, I've got our board, Mark Williams. I, um, I, I had him at three. So wait, I, I wanted to do, because I had a feeling you had him at three. I wanted to actually kind of tie in the Walker Kessler, Mark Williams thing, because <laughs> I, this is, I think this is a good point. A little, little curveball here, but you think Kessler might be the best drop coverage? Cause I, I thought Mark wowed me with some of his drop coverage. Like, and, and you could tell me I'm wrong, but I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause I just finished doing his deep dive and you know, I, I was drooling over him before. And then I watched him all the whole entire year and watched everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love Mark Williams so much. Um, so, wow, that's that's an eye-opening statement from you. I would have thought, you know, Mark Williams would have been the best. Because Mark Williams just, that dude is a force. Um, 
he makes people's lives miserable around the basket and yeah. like guards go in and look at it and go, Oh fuck. Like they look at him and they're like, no, I don't want it. And it's awesome to watch. Like it, it, it's funny because I was just in love with him before. And then you see that. And I watched like literally like every single defensive sequence he had, which I don't recommend because I was up to like 4am, but he's just, so, he's awesome because he really yeah. uses his length, his size, his mobility, his leaping ability and, and he will he blocks some shots at the top that you're like oh my gosh how did he get to that so interesting with the walker kessler drop coverage um love i i'm gonna now i'm really intrigued to watch him yeah so i mean, it, it's been a while but shameless plug number three of the night i earlier this season i wrote about mark williams pick and roll defense oh, and oh, fire <laughs> over at no ceilings nba.com make sure to go <laughs> check it out subscribe for free um <laughs> I, I I absolutely adore Mark Williams, and I don't think people realize how freaking long his wingspan is because his arms just go on for days, and he knows it and fully utilizes it. Um, but as just a raw, as just a pure rim protector, I think the the historic shot blocking numbers that Kessler put up just put him, you know, a notch up on Williams for me in in this specific ranking when we're talking about overall defense I love Mark Williams as a drop coverage big but I think he's way more versatile in the types of pick and roll coverages that you can throw at opponents and I, I think overall he's a significantly better defender I love his feet I've seen a lot on Twitter of people or a lot of people on Twitter being like he, this guy moves horribly, which makes zero sense what? to me because yeah, I, where I have know. I missed this? I, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you because you, you'll go look it out and just get, Whoa. Mad about it. but All right. he, he, he has some of the best footwork as a big man in the country. Um, I, I love his verticality. People don't want to challenge him at the rim. So I, I fully support having him at two. It was just Kessler's just, if Kessler didn't put up historic, shop blocking numbers this year I, w- I would have had them flipped and in, in, in the same order as you yeah i guess i'm i'm not just uh i know we're doing shot blocking but i guess i'm trying to project them also moving forward and i, I still think like mark mm. could have more success agreed moving forward just because he has that his i can't process someone saying he's got <laughs> bad footwork i i don't i didn't get it it was one of those I saw it and I just I moved on because I enjoy nice things. I mean, if I'm really pissing people off, I was brewing like one of the hottest takes of all time and and I'm I'm not saying it, but I will say what I was brewing. I was like <laughs> I was like is there an argument that Mark could be one of the best defensive bigs in this class? And I know who I have number one, but I'm saying like, I, that's how high I think of Mark Williams. I think he, I think he's going to go to the NBA and be a damn problem defensively. Yeah. I think he's going to be great. I think whoever gets him, like people should be foaming at the mouth, like thunder fans listening that second pick. They should jump all over Mark Williams. And Mark Williams might play, be a top light, top flight defender as a big man for years. I just think the world of him. I think there's also just great flashes on, on both sides of the ball. So um, I don't want to make this a Mark Williams, um, you know, episode, but you know, I, I just love him. Yeah. He's the best. I, I absolutely adore him. I think he's a lottery guy, hands down. Um, yeah. I, it, it just feels like people are trying to find things to hate about him, which I don't get. But this is the time of the year. Everyone's got to be negative. We got to find something to get pissed about and just fucking appreciate what they can do. And gosh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. All right. Well, 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 now that I've gotten you appropriately riled up, let's move into your number one, who I'm assuming is also my number one. And if it's not, we're going to have serious issues. I'll Um, let you guess. Chet? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. God. I was, if it wasn't, I was going to like actually Z- flip Zach the table. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. If, it, if you said Zach Eady, <laughs> I'd break my screen 
probably take a month hiatus from podcasting. <laughs> who, so oh, so, so, so talk today? to me about chat. Speaking of Zach Eady, I watched Bryce McGowan's film today and Bryce McGowan's on one drive made him look just like, where the fuck did that guy go? And I was laughing <laughs> hysterically in my apartment. Um, yeah, I got chat at one. I, I, that's, that was the, I've had chat number one on my big board all year. Um, Same. sorry for the Paulo fan club guy out there. Um, and I finally did my deep dive on him to basically get to a point. Cause I had just done, I did Jabari. I did Paulo and Paulo. I'm, I'm very, very in on Paulo again, but that that's another to- story. But then I did Chet to kind of compare the three and Chet was a very easy. Yes. Um, I, I think defensively this guy, it's not just the shot blocking folks like everyone listening it is not just the shot blocking and i've gone and seen chet in person if you're a first time listener or you haven't been listening since the beginning of the year i went and saw chet i went into vegas and saw him live in person i was sitting close and what he does away from the ball is unreal um i mean his awareness he is literally a chess player and he is two moves ahead of what the offense wants to do um, it's the timing, it's the welcoming people to try to overbully him and then blocking it. He blocks shots to start fast breaks, mm-hmm. which is so unbelievable. Like he has directional blocks on purpose where he's like yeah. blocking it and seeing that his teammates on the left wing and he's like block and it's literally a two on one breakaway. And it's not just like, Oh, he did it a couple times. He does it all the fucking time. So it's that it's, Guys go up and try to go on the other side, and he switches hands midair to block it on the other side of the rim. Um, he stays with plays. He stays straight up. You know, I, I just – I could go on forever about Chet, um, and I don't want everyone that's, like, got – I love Jabari. I love Paulo when we're talking about the top three. But um, Chet's defensive tools are, are special. Um, I've even talked to someone in the – scouting world that I really, really trust. And he's told me since the beginning of the year, he said he he's more defensively advanced than Evan Mobley was yeah. coming out of college. And he's like, it wasn't, it's not close to. So there's your uh, selling point. If you need uh, the Evan Mobley or the Chet Holmgren sales pitch, like I was like, Oh, okay. That'll, that'll really get my attention. So go ahead, Metcalf. Yeah. And I, I think Chet is the best rim protector to come out of college since Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, I mean, and I, I don't mean it. that as a slight on Evan Mobley. I think Evan Mobley's a, a more versatile defender. I think he's an extraordinary defender, but what Chet does in the paint and at the rim is otherworldly. And it's, and the, the raw shot blocking numbers aren't going to knock your socks off, but 3.7 blocks per game, 12.6 block rate. Those are awesome numbers. And they're lower because people just stop challenging him at the rim. Yes, I know bigger opponents can move him some. He doesn't care. It doesn't really affect how he defends. And he he welcomes contact. He's a tough motherfucker and uses his length to guide ball handlers where he wants them to go he dictates what they do not the other way around where it'll look like he's a step behind but he's exactly where he wants to be because he knows that he has the length and the agility to catch up and deter the shot so many times guys will come off screens attack the rim see him there and dribble out or make the skip pass and kick out to a guy who's not really open they want nothing to do with him I think your point on his directional blocks is super important because yeah, swatting the swatting the shot into the fifth row is really cool. You look like a badass when you do it. Everyone loves it. Gets the crowd pumped. You know, what's even cooler taking that same floater, tipping it to your wing who then goes off for a free two points. That's really cool. That's like other world touch skill awareness, and that's what Chet does on a regular basis. And just the, the verticality is insane. The way that he, his patience when he's 
in midair, he doesn't swipe recklessly at shots. When guys go into his body and they're securing the ball, he stays vertical, waits for them to bring it out to shoot yes. or to go for a layup, and then he locates it and smothers it. It's just an absurd level of rim protection with deterrence, verticality, you know, ball location, touch, awareness, just all of it. It's it it's insane. And the fact that he's a freshman doing this, I, I I don't care that he's skinny, people. Like, I do not care. He is the best rim protector I have seen come out of college since Anthony Davis, and I'm not sure that it's all that close. And it's not even just rim protecting. Like, he gets put – people pull him out on an island, and he's blocking shots and – on three point attempts. Like he he just got the timing, but the point you made about like, he's really good at reading what you want to do when you're trying to confuse him. Like midair, a guy Mm -hmm. point guards will go at him, go up, Chet stays vertical. And then they'll try to do like the finger roll wrap around. And then you'll just see Chet realize it. And he blocks the, all of a sudden he blocks it like down low on the left side. You're like, he's like a windmill. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like, how did you? But he just does this stuff all the time, and then um, everyone's worried about the frame. And it's like, he guys back him down on the post, and they're like, "Awesome, I'm right, I'm two feet from the basket." And Chet's just like, "Great, I'm here with seven six wingspan, and I'm not going anywhere. What are you gonna do? Because there's only one place you can go right now. And the moment the guys go up, he's just boom, like tap, gone, fast break. He just." he understands it. He, he, he has the awareness to know exactly what you want to try to do. And I understand everyone worried about the frame because it's going to be like, we've talked about this before. Everyone's going to talk about the frame every day. Like it's when you bring up chat, you're gonna be like, he's skinny. Well, yeah, he's skinny, but he also might be a all defensive player in this. He's also a basketball savant. And like, yes, guys move him. He knows that they're going to try to move him. But he, he just does this thing where he positions his body so they move him to a place that's eventually basically disadvantageous to them. Where yes, yes. He, he cons them into being like, oh, yeah, no, you're moving me. Oh, God. And it's like, oh, now I'm going to pin your hook shot on the glass because you have one angle to get a shot off on. And it's he does that all the time. It's, it's mind games, and it's a, just an incredible level of self-awareness. It is. I love how you put that because it is mind games. Cause it's, he's basically saying like, Oh shit, you got me. Yeah. You better take me right to the left block and go up with the only shot attempt and angle that you have. And by the time, like you're backing him down, you're like, Oh, I got him. Yeah. That's like, no, this is exactly <laughs> where I wanted you to go because you can't go like now, instead of going potentially the finishing on the right or the left, Chet's like, you don't have the other side. So it was 50-50. Now it's 100%. You're going to try to shoot this off the left side. Like, it's it's weird, but it's like, it it really is the chess player mindset that I'm talking about. He's being like, no, I want you to come to this spot because in your mind, you're thinking you have the advantage, but I know where you're going to go. It, it's just special stuff. And, and I understand everyone that's just skeptical. Like, we we were going to say it 5 million times. I get it, but... You know, I I really do think that awareness and your IQ on the basketball court can can hide some weaknesses. Um, yeah. Like Luca coming out as a prospect, everyone was worried about his quickness, but I was like, do you see what he does with the ball? Like when it he controls the whole floor because mm-hmm. he understands how to pick people apart he knows how to tug them certain directions to where all of a sudden he's like nope there's my lane there's my window i think that's what chet does as a defender like chet has that thin frame but he knows how to use it to his advantage because he's like yeah i'm lengthy as shit and i'm gonna block everything if you come to my world and you know we'll see but i i I, it would be crazy not to have him first um anyone doing this even if you're apollo or a jabari guy like Chet's got to be number one. He's one of the best defensive prospects I've ever seen yeah. from a big man. So, 
All right. Well, recapping our top five, um, we both had Chet at one. I had Walker Kessler at two. You had Mark Williams at two. I had Mark Williams at three. You had Walker Kessler at three. At number four, I had Christian Coloco. Uh, you had Jalen Duran at five. You had Keegan Murray. I had EJ Liddell. Who were some of the names that came close but didn't quite make it in? Um, I, I would have had Coloco up there, but I, I yeah, I'll, okay, fine. I'll, I'll say I should have had Coloco there instead of Keegan. I just got to give some praise to Keegan, so <laughs> checking off the list. Every every podcast or episode I ever go on, um, Kamagate is probably a guy that people would have been mm-hmm. thinking um, during this segment. Me. Yeah, he was an honorable mention for me. I like Kamagate a lot. Um, I, I, I've been a fan of his since the beginning of the year when I did a foreign relations piece uh, at NoCeilingsNBA.com. I'm back. There we go. Another plug. Um, Meeting the quota. So- yeah, and I really like him. He's he plays with his hair on fire. He's really um, feisty. He's energetic. I just think there's still a lot of steps left to be considered with some of the guys in the top of this list. Um, his off ball awareness is like it just comes and goes. Like I, I think he has sometimes where he's, it's like the load up power. Like sometimes he's like yeah. all in to block a shot. Sometimes he looks and he just reacts late. And he's like, ah. Oh, and it's like, eh, do I want that from a shot blocker? So it's just one of those things where he's also this late bloomer. Right? He's he's still yeah. figuring out the game and, um, you know, one of those guys that kept making strides throughout the year. So when I do his deep dive again, I might come back on this and be like, shit, I love Kamigate <laughs> at the end of the year. Um, what about you? I, I, I got a couple dark horses, but let me brew on him. So who else did you have? Yeah. So I, I, I Kamigate, like, like you said, um, just, he kind of gets lost in space a little yeah. too much for my liking. Um, but like the, the actual shot blocking itself is really impressive. Really good athlete. So maybe long-term he's a late bloomer long-term he gets there, but j- just didn't quite make it for me. Um, I had your boy Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, I had him close. I, I think- love that. <laughs> He is springy as all hell. Yes. Um, I, I, I think as kind of like a small ball five or like a weak side rim protector, I think he could provide some value. Um, and then I'm going to go real deep cut. Ike Obiagu. Who did you have? Ike Obiagu from Seton Hall. I, wow. I love this guy. He is, he looks like a mountain troll. Um, I, I mean that in as an endearment, a term of endearment. Um, one of my favorite plays of the entire season is when is one of their Seton Hall's earlier games and the opposing guard came off a screen or a DHO or something like that and is attacking full force downhill and sees Obiagu standing there and throws on the brakes and immediately peels out. Um, they, I, I just adore him. He is a mountain of a man and probably not an nba guy but oh god just just one of those guys that, that one of those weirdos that you fall in love with no i love to give some some love to the guys that are uh are, are just the real deep ones or you know the the, the crazy ones because you never know with some guys some guys maybe they don't get drafted and maybe they go to europe and all of a sudden come over and yeah. are really damn good players um i was trying to make sure that he declared yeah um i have a real crazy dark horse one um but i want to give some love to some serious sleepers orlando robinson kind of uh intrigued me throughout the year i think i think someone on our team might have a piece on him soon at no ceilings nba.com um i heard that's free yeah it's free that's the word on the streets with the cool kids yeah, I like Robinson. He he's playing at Fresno State, big body, seven foot, um, got some good size, but he just had some some plays throughout the year when I watched him that I was like, okay, there's some tools there. Like it was just one of those guys that I could see either gets drafted real late or maybe a G League guy that really turns it up down there and all of a sudden is like, Oh, you got a two way and he got a he's just sticking on a roster. So I liked Orlando Robinson. Um that was one of my sleepers. Khalifa Jop, maybe. Mm. 
I'm sorry for everyone if I'm naming guys that haven't like I haven't studied the early entry list religiously yet. Um, but I'll get there in like the next five hours. Anyone else you could think of? Um, sorry, I, I just kind of finished my. You know, I'm not I'm not bringing up Yannick Sosa, so don't ask. <laughs> Do not ask me about Yannick Sosa. All right, um, sorry, and I, I just kind of finished up my 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 deep deep dive on him, but I really like how Dyson Daniels protects the rim in transition. Um, Ooh, it's we're really crafty. Okay, really okay. specifically in transition. Um, but he's not afraid to challenge guys, and I, I I really love that about him. Okay, I can get a little outside the box of that. Um, I actually agree with you 100% about Dyson Daniels. He's really, really uh, underrated, underrated effort shot blocker, where it's just like, he's like, I'm, I'm going to make a play. I don't care. Um, yeah. it, uh, Peyton Watson should probably fall into that group. Peyton as well. Watson would be one of those like super dark horses in here. If Peyton Watson played more, way more, there would be an honorable mention for yeah. Peyton Watson. Like the dude has the talent to be a freakish defender. Um, I guess Tari Eason, maybe, even though I think he's probably more of like a, I, I think more steals when I think about yeah. his Yeah, that, and that, that, that's kind of... Mm. He's more of just like a versatile guy, right? Yeah. I, I just watched him, and I, he's not a shot blocker. No. You guys are full of shit if you tell me he's a shot blocker. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm edgy today. Because guys, I forgot about Coloco. See, I let I let down the prodigal son. I'm trying to think about anybody else. Um those are the main ones for me um may, there there might be david roddy <laughs> god get the, get the fuck out of here are we having fun yet <laughs> uh no i mean that's all like uh, jalen williams maybe if he's gonna be in the draft i i fucking i don't know yeah well rucker as we end every episode what's the best thing you saw recently um Ben Simmons attire in game three <laughs> on the bench was probably the best thing I've seen. I got a text from a friend that was like, did he wear a clown costume on purpose? I, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I'm rooting for him. I don't root against any individual ever, but I, I, I wish Ben tried to play a little bit, but um, that's probably the best. Jose Alvarado getting some love during the series. I, I, I've been really pumped about that. I actually loved him as a prospect. I had him in my top 60 just made the cut but um i love it when those guys that are just yeah do everything to stick on a roster like get their spotlight and, and i think now it's like okay cool he might have just uh earned himself a spot on the pelicans roster for the next three years or four years at least so that's been cool what about you Mikael? uh I'm, I'm going with my boy Mikael bridges who yes just 47 minutes of brilliance last night um I, I i love him so much i loved him coming out of the draft i had him third in that class uh oh wow done. i love that oh, yeah. yeah i had him uh he just all in from day one the fact that he fell to 12 or wherever it was and then philly fucking traded him after him being up exactly what they needed then and now um is hilarious to me and the fact that he just continues to improve on both ends of the floor every year, I adore him. And just that that entire style of playing, it's perfect. One of my favorite prospects I've ever evaluated ever. Um, I think I had him in my mid... I might have had him around like seven or eight. If I'm guessing, I could go back and check for another episode. But I also had him there and I was like, someone should just fucking take him at five. Like, I was like, some GM should just be like, I don't care. I love how he plays. Because that's yep. one of those guys that's like, yeah, the upside might not have been as high as other guys, but look at Bridges now, and every team in the NBA would be drooling to have him on their roster. And that's exactly my argument for Keegan Murray. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, God, we're back. Okay, <laughs> we, we, we've droned down long enough. Rucker, tell the people where they can find you, where they can support you, <laughs> where they can combat all of your Keegan Murray love. Yeah, um... 
of course, you should know by now, no ceilingsnba.com. But I'm I'm on uh, Twitter at Tyler underscore Rucker. I'm also at Backcourt V. Just kind of depends on what day or what side of the bed I wake up on. But um, no ceilings TV. I'll be having some new stuff coming out um, once I get done with all these finals videos. Then I'm going to do some specific segments. Probably fire up the prospect segment again it's been a minute um cory and i if you guys missed the last episode of on the clock our debut we're gonna have another one coming out next week on monday and that one they're getting a little crazier because now i'm I'm getting fired up to yell at cory during the segment so it's it's gonna be great but um metcalf this is a blast and what we're doing we're doing another one tomorrow right we're doing recording one as everyone's listening we're gonna be recording one probably because we're just vicious psychos Yes, sir. Uh, my, my my wedding tasting, which I'm still full from, uh, th- threw off our scheduling a little bit, but we will be back tomorrow as normally scheduled. Um, but I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com, where you can subscribe. It is 100% free, and it gets delivered directly to your inbox, so you have no excuse not to sign up. You can also follow us on Twitter at noceilingsnba. If you really enjoy what we're doing, if you love what we've been providing you for free all season, the best way to support us is subscribing to us on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. It's 100% free there. We have a ton of finals videos up now. Um, All of the podcasts get posted on there. What Rucker and Corey are doing, their new video segment. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. It's only going to get better. So please make sure to go subscribe to us again at No Ceilings TV. If you're enjoying this pod, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.